2015, Southern Ohio was in the midst of an opioid crisis. The community came together and came up with an idea. From this idea was born a race, a race that would help prevent drug use in the area for generations to come. This is no ordinary race, and this is no ordinary story. The Buck 50 is a 24-hour team relay race that spans 150 miles of trails, roads, and paths winding through the Appalachian foothills. 10 people, two vans, and one cause to prevent drug addiction in a small community. It took the whole community, but two guys pushed, pulled, and prodded to get the gears moving. Dave Huggins and Chris Scott. One vowed to get into schools and engage the children in drug prevention. The other vowed to find a way to fund every willing student by creating this race. This is the story of the Buck 50. The race that became a story of its own. And with that, many other unforeseen stories came to life. A huge ripple effect that reaches more than we ever dreamed. One race. One cause. One podcast. Thousands of stories. This is Running Off at the Mouth. The Buck 50 Podcast. With your hosts, Dave Huggins and Chris Scott. Welcome to Running Off at the Mouth. I'm your host, Dave Huggins, race director of the Buck 50, along with my man, Mr. Chris Scott. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, in the studio with us, too, you know what we got? We got, like, the greatest producer in the world helping us out because, like, this guy writes. He can produce. Like, he's multi-talented. He works with kids. He's got a passion about running and drug prevention in the community. Schmitty, Chris Smith. Thank you for that. I'm lucky enough to get to sit down with you two guys. How did you guys come up with the idea to have a podcast? So as we've been building this race, we're getting ready to cruise into year five of this event. Chris and I have been doing a lot of different work. Uh, Chris works mostly with the kids in the schools. I've been building a race, and we've both been hearing lots of stories over these past five years. And and we and now it's time to share that with the world. It is. There's so many things that come out. And, uh, you know, this first idea was... We need to have a radio station during the race because these runners are running all night long and we wanted to book 50 radio coming to you live from Sayota Trails. <laughs> but uh, that turned into, well, I talked to you, Smitty, and you started telling me about some guys that hadn't ran and, you know, they heard about the race. They heard about the cause and inspired them to get off the couch and start running and put together a race. I mean, there's so many good stories and things that are out there as why we did what we did and why we're doing what we're doing and why we want to bring all that stuff to you guys. So you kind of mentioned the cause, but in in your intro, you're talking about the the culture in this small Appalachian community in Chillicothe, Ohio. What's been different about that since the inception of the Buck 50? The culture's changed a lot, but the culture's changed a lot everywhere, not just in Southern Ohio, but I've seen the culture change a lot in Chillicothe. But I think that's one of the things we want to bring to you in the podcast is some of those stories about how things were when we started, how things were where we've been, how things are now and how things are going to be in the future. I always feel like there's so many things that I've learned from the runners and those, those stories need to be told about people who didn't run before they've been recruited on a team and now they're running. Uh, this race is a pretty complicated machine. I mean, it's 150 miles, 10 runners, two different vans. So we two want drivers. To, don't forget the drivers, two drivers van. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta forget. Don't forget the van drivers. So we want to bring some how to tips on running and preparing for the race, some do's and don'ts. 
That's going to be important. That's what the podcast is about. I know about snacks, preparing for the race, things like that. So, so that's some of the tips I'll bring. <laughs> I'm really good at running my mouth. We've got 30 different legs of the race, so we're going to break down different shows and episodes where we talk about uh, the terrain that different runners may expect when they come into Southern Ohio. Yeah, some tips for just preparing for the race, too. I mean, what there's there's like so many details my wife has taught me. She's a runner about running downhill and uphill. There's just different things. But before there was ever a race, it was just two guys trying to figure out how to help kids and how to help the community not continue down the path of drug addiction. If you could take us back to the time of, it was a 2015, I believe there was a missing story or missing women's story going on in Chilcothe, Ohio at the time. And uh, you guys just kind of put your heads together and the race really has became its own thing, but you want to kind of talk about what impacted you to where you even wanted to start. The I race. think the one thing like in that little intro I talked, I talked about was it wasn't just us. Number one, it was the whole community. Now there was a lot of people that got really more involved in the beginning. There's a lot of people got involved along the way. And now we've got to where, you know, if we put a number to it, there's about 3000 people involved in putting this race together every year. It's amazing how the County, everybody has, but yeah, in the beginning, in the beginning, we had some problems. You know, I think the thing is, Chris and I are both parents, both have kids and have that, you know, fatherly process. And so in a, in a selfish way, I was trying to protect my own kids. I mean, I think I'm a good father, but one thing that we learned through this journey is it it takes a village. I mean, we need everyone looking out for everyone in this situation because the one thing that really struck a chord with me is how this drug epidemic was affecting everybody, and everyone was vulnerable. We got made very aware of that through Rotary and other things, but, you know, that's why, you know, this is kind of, this this podcast is going to be so multi-layered. It's about the race, but then all, you know, what what was before the race? And that was, you know, we had a problem. What do we do? We, we tried to work on a way for drug prevention with the kids, you know, fix the problem before it becomes a problem we have to worry about rehabilitation for. And then out of that come the necessity of paying for that program. The race was born with this other group of people. All these people got together. We installed this program into the schools across the whole county. And then we started a race to pay for it. <laughs> you made an important point, Dave. I think you brought up your guys' journey and then the race's journey within itself. But there's so many other runners out there and probably thousands of different runners that's ran, ran in this race now. That's what, in its 50 year there's so many thousands of individual journeys of people that are accomplishing things that they never thought they would or in running shape that they never thought they, they would be in just solely because of, of this race. And then there's probably a lot of kids in a lot better situations in the community that they wouldn't be in if the race didn't exist. And then as you talked about, the it has a journey of its own. And I mean, just even how do you even come up with the route, uh, you know, there's a 150 mile journey, all the, the coordination, and then you have all these individual stories. I, I think it's it's going to be a very unique trying to peel back all the layers to this. It's a podcast within a podcast within a podcast within a podcast. Well, that's the great thing. And that's what we're excited about being able to do with this podcast is we'll have these different episodes. We got a lot of different subjects and topics. We'll have different interviews with people. Uh, we're even going to get into the whole, what shoe do I wear? You know, that's something runners talk about constantly. We have good relationships with a few stores that we work with where some of their 
Uh, managers and people will come in and talk about getting the right shoe fit for your running needs, for your personal conditions. Uh, it's it's going to be great. We've got a lot of experts, too, we're going to bring to the table. You know, I look at uh, the manimal, uh, Reggie O'Hare, who is a you know nutrition specialist for special forces for the military out in Texas. You know, we'll have Reggie on as a guest. We'll have uh, the Fat to Finish Line folks from out in California. You know, they made it out to the race. We'll yeah, Angela Lee, I was actually emailing yeah. Angela today talking about the race. You know, we this thing covers so many different areas. You know, we in Southern Ohio are dealing a lot different with this COVID pandemic than people in Los Angeles, California. Yeah, so. exactly. So Angela is somebody from California that's came and ran in the Buck 50 here in Ohio. Is that? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Angela Lee, she's, she's a chairperson for uh, Fat to Finish Line. You can find that on Netflix and Amazon if you want to watch that show, which is based on a relay race where people wanted to lose weight and they got out and they ran and I uh, was down in that's Southern an Florida. In its, that's an episode or two in itself, that whole program. I mean, it sounds like we got a lot of great stories coming up from you guys. Uh. Well, I think we got a lot of a lot of things coming up. Like I said, some special guests coming up. Uh, we'll be talking to some local folks and, uh, you know, folks from around the world that have been involved in the Buck 50, uh, what it means to them, why, why, the why. I mean, you know, why... Are you running? Why are you involved? Why, you know, and a lot of the why is the kids, you know. The kids is what it's all about. I but mean, everybody's got a story. We've got, we've got uh, you know, this whole thing was founded so we could fund a drug prevention program and, and change the culture in these high schools, change the culture in families, change the culture of the community. And when you hear these kids speak and how this program has empowered them and it's given them a voice, well, it's, it's why we do everything we do every day. And I think it's hard for people that's listening that's never been to maybe Chillicothe to, to see what the race has become and how many more runners you just see in Chillicothe, you know, the small southern t- town in, in Ohio, than you would have five years ago. And then not to mention, like, how the high schools have changed and what this program does within the community. And I, and I think, you know, initially here, what, one of the things I want to do is I want to, I want to remind people, take them back a little bit, what it was like just six short years ago, because we've had so many changes in the past 12 months, that's for sure, across the world, that we take for granted the changes that have been made sometimes in the culture and shift. But I think, uh, you know, you're really, really going to hear some things here that we want to, want you to hear today to take you back and hear some of the voices of the kids. after we, This is kind of after we started the program, and it was in its infancy, and uh just some of the voices of the kids from five, five, six years ago, six years ago, golly, and on what it means to them. And it's kind of the same story you'll get from a lot of kids right now, too, on what it means to them and how they're involved. The one thing that is um, definitely true, drugs affect a lot of people. Oh, everybody knows something. Still somebody. is. But when we started back in 2015, Chris, tell me, what were some of those early thoughts that motivated you to spend all these, you know, thousands of hours that you've spent since then uh, getting involved in starting a drug prevention program? So uh, a little bit further back, I had a little background in Soda County, lived down that way. Um, I had an ex-wife that worked in the medical field in Soda County, and that's kind of, if you read the book Dreamland by Sam Kenyonis, I re- highly recommend reading that book, by the way. There was a really southern Ohio, Scioto County, that tri-state Ashland, Huntington, Ironton, and Portsmouth area, was the epicenter of the opioid epidiction. It come from 
a lot of different things, drug companies, but I seen it firsthand from the drug companies and their marketing and telling everybody it was okay to eat all these pain pills. I'm like, this isn't right. Just, just because it's prescribed doesn't mean it's right. And then what they were telling doctors wasn't right. So that was my background on wondering why people are eating all these pills. <laughs> so read Dreamland. It'll tell you a little bit, especially about Soda County, because I was there during a lot of that. Um, my ex-wife suffered from addiction ended up, you know, her family, they lost her to addiction after I'd moved away. Uh, so, you know, that, that weighed on me. I'm a dad now, just like you talked about, we got kids and my selfishness of wanting to save my own kids too. But I kept looking at everything everybody was doing to try to treat the problem. We just kept treating the problem in so many different ways and a lot of great folks and a lot of great organization and a lot of money getting thrown at it. And I thought, you know, why don't we put some of this effort towards prevention, you know, in the schools, in the kids? Because here's the important thing. We all know somebody that struggled with an addiction. At one point in their life, they weren't an addict. You know, we got to get beyond that point, go be before that happens to that point and when they become addicted to that substance and give them an alternative and I didn't know how to do that. I didn't have a clue. So that's why when you heard Wayne Campbell talk about Drug-Free Clubs of America, wow, you had a fire lit Light right bolts. now because you were thinking we need prevention, and then he, he throws up this card that says, here's a program that does that. Here's a program that works. So Wayne Campbell, when he come in, and we can do a whole episode on Wayne. We ought to have Wayne as a guest sometime. That'd be great, yeah. He's a great guy. <laughs> He'd be good. To, you, you guys would love him. He's, he's great to listen to anyway. But, uh, yeah, Wayne lost his son, Tyler, a uh, college athlete to addiction. And he'd come into – I brought him into our Rotary Club, and he spoke and and uh, talked about this program that he was familiar with down in Cincinnati that they were working on where they were incentivizing the kids, you know, rewarding them for being drug-free. And the kids, you know, the thing I think it – I got struck by so many lightning bolts that day, but the thing I really liked was it was a program that the kids run. And you heard the kids talk uh, – you know, they feel like they had a voice in it. And the kids were sick and tired of it, too. The kids, this generation of kids that we started with five years ago and the generation to come, I think, are really going to make a difference. I think these kids nowadays get a really bad rap. They, oh. they get talked about how they're lazy. They spend all their time on their phones. But if you sit down and you talk to them and you listen to them, they really care about this world that they live in. And I also think... They don't want to do drugs. Mm -mm. That's, I mean, I think that's a myth. I oh, yeah. think they get pressured into it mm -hmm. by the wrong crowd. But as you said, as this was brought to the plate and I started thinking about it, I thought, holy cow, what if what if we can make this cool to yeah. not do drugs? What if it was the, the super cool thing to be a part of this program and we throw enough perks, benefits, or rewards that... Now these kids are just adamantly not going to do drugs. Yeah, and that's that's what was really cool about it was just say no didn't work. I mean, that's, I'm not I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Right, it didn't work. I mean, I remember when it came out when I was a kid, and but instead of saying no, they're like, dude, I can't. You know, you want to try this? No, I can't, man. I'm not going to lose my buy one get one free at the store. I'm not going to lose my free you know, soda at the Valero would I buy something. And is that the these, way the program works? Yeah, they get an identification card. The kids all get an identity. They, they drug test in the fall and they go back to school. Our leaders, and we'll talk about some of those too, but they uh, they volunteer for the drug test. The kids push the other kids to get it. That was the cool thing too. 
I mean, we'll have to talk about There's so many things we can talk about, but, you know, the, it changed. It, it shifted the culture. We did not know it was going to shift the culture in the schools to make it cool. I mean, that was a great idea. But when the kids are leveraging the other kids, like, you need to sign up for this, man. We want 100% of the football players on a team. We can go ahead and sign up for this. And it was voluntary. There wasn't nothing being forced on the kids. It was voluntary. The kids were putting peer pressure on the other kids to get involved with it because they wanted these incentives. They wanted the time out of school to go downtown to that big rally we had. We had 2,000 kids downtown on the courthouse steps we put together. They're really knowledgeable. I mean, that's the. I mean, I guess with technology, kids are a lot smarter now than we were. Oh, they're, they're Their fingertips are... Knowledge. And I guess, unfortunately, a lot of these kids have drugs in their homes. Yeah. They've seen their aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters, moms, dads suffer from drug addiction. That was the furthest thing from their mind that they wanted to be a part of so when you have these two big guys who want to put their arms around them and say man we just love you we we want to help you we don't want you to go down that path we want to support you it was like a breath of fresh air it was a piece of hope in this community it was hope it changed it changed that because here's where we were there was a major cable company wanted to put a call center in they couldn't pass enough. They couldn't get enough people to pass drug tests to bring in these 50 or 60 jobs. So from an economic standpoint, me as a business owner, too, not just selfish about my own kids, but I'm thinking, man, we can't draw all these businesses in. And we've changed that. we got new businesses coming to the community. Our downtown is flourishing again. I mean, it's it's not only changed culture in school. It's not only changed the lives of the community. It's changed the community. It's changed the culture. I mean, there's just so many positive things we've seen come along. And it wasn't just... It wasn't just putting drug-free clubs in the school. It wasn't just starting to buck 50 race. There's a lot of people in our community doing a lot of different things, but we've been a catalyst for that change. At this point, you guys, you came up with, there's a problem in your area with drug addiction, and you guys are posed with the problem. You decide that the best way to solve the problem is going to be to get in the school. So was there ever like a conscious effort to where Chris is like, said, I'm going to go get into schools. I'm going to go get kids enrolled. And Dave, you just came up like, you go do that. I'm going to find a way to fund this program. Well, that, this is that's what kind of exactly how happened. Yeah, that decision kind of got shook loose uh, when we met with Angie Ferguson, the executive director from Drug Free Clubs of America. She met with us in the fall of 2015, and she had already been in Chillicothe and spoke to you know, 50, 60 people about the program. And as we were sitting down, Chris looks at me and says, you know, I, I got this going and this going and this going. Can you do this, that, and the other in these schools? And I looked at Chris and I said, no. I said, Chris, I, I got to go find money to pay for these kids <laughs> through this race. And, he and said he, no. And I'm like, what do you mean no? We got to get <laughs> oh, this he, done. He really did look at me with <laughs> eyes turned because he knows that I'm supportive and I want to help. But I guess, um, you know, this program costs $67 per year per kid. And I've always been a big advocate of saying, you know, which kid's life isn't worth $67 a year? So let's talk about the program real quick. I want to interject here just because I need to understand what Drug Free Clubs of America is. We get a hold of in case you want it in your community, too. So actually, Dave works for Drug Free Clubs of America now. You get a hold of Dave if you want to get it into it's your school. It's been a life-changing experience, Yeah, it's really cool. But, you know, Drug Free Clubs of America is, and I should have Dave tell you this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you. There's firefighters in Cincinnati. They get tired of working on kids that had OD'd or seen the drug abuse in these kids and that, what can we do? And what happened was 
they started Drug Free Clubs of America. And that was Angie's dad, and they have a you know they have another company, their medical billing company they have, and then out of that he started Drug Free Clubs of America. It was kind of a way his give back to his community. He told us about it. And I thought, man, this this could be the thing to go in our schools. But yeah, so the kids volunteer for drug tests. They get an identification card. We come up with a cool T-shirt. The kids come up with the acronym. Made my attitude determines everything, and that represents the eight chapters in the beginning of Drug Free Clubs of America. That's such Austin a great County. name. That's such, I mean, to me, that's one of the more inspiring things when you talk about kids running a program and kids coming up with their own name. That if we, my attitude determines everything. There's not a single thing that any of us face in life that that's not an important part of it. And made the kids was like. He's a made man. She's a made girl. We got it made. But I think the funny thing about it is the acronym like made, you know, you have kids that are used to their parents having to tell them what to do, everything. But it sounds like you guys really just went into the school and empowered them to come up with what the program is going to look like. Exactly. Does that sound right? Yeah. And we, uh, you know, drug free clubs give us a structure and the kids ran with it, you know, and it's not something they have to attend and do this, do that with. It's a culture, and it's what's cool. You know, something else that's really cool about this, and I'm going to interject it right now, is with Drug Free Clubs of America, with the MAID program here in Ross County, there's a lot of kids involved that were never involved in any other programs or clubs or athletics, and they're part of the team. Everybody can be on this team, and that's one thing I think the kids love too. Chris, you mentioned earlier about how the, the community's doing so much better with uh, businesses coming in and the downtown development. So pretty excited this year to announced that the buck 50 is start finish line is going to be in downtown Chillicothe, Ohio. Dude, I am so pumped about that. <laughs> Second street, at the majestic theater. I love what Ohio university done with us getting started and the whole festival atmosphere we had up at OUC. Uh, but downtown man, right in the middle of the street under the famous art and majestic theater. So a lot of people might not know if you're just listening, like, there's a they're 150 mile consecutive loop. One many times we're out traveling, we show this map and people say, "How many times I got to go around that?" It's one time. <laughs> well, so wait a minute now. So we had the program, we got it into schools. Getting things started in schools is tough. I mean, it's really tough because the schools have so many things thrown at them. The schools jumped in, all the administration teachers supported the kids, and then we had to pay for it. So this other group of people, led by Dave, come up with the idea for this race. Describe this race to me. If I didn't know anything about the buck 50, what does it look like? So the buck 50 is, is a metaphor for 150 miles. And our course is divided up into 30 different legs of the race. So each leg is about five miles long. They vary from as little as three to as many as eight miles. But each runner is going to run three different times. So for instance, if you're runner one, you'll run leg one, 11, and 21. Two is going to run two, 12, and 22. And that just goes consecutively throughout the course where those runners are leapfrogging each other to complete their 150-mile journey. On average, it takes about 24 hours for a team to complete their race. We have teams as fast as uh, 15, 16 hours, and then our uh, maximum time is about 28 hours to 29 hours. So you don't have to do the math in your head right now. That's about a 6.30 pace. Is that right? That winning team last year, was it a 6.30 pace? 6.12 six, six on 9,000 oh. feet of elevation gain. Oh, 9,000 feet of elevation. 6.12 Southern pace. Ohio is not flat. 6.12 pace. So you guys talked about the races in, in downtown Joe Cothy, but 
there was a point in time that there was no route to the race. I mean, you figured you had, you knew you needed about a 150 mile race for what you need to accomplish. And then you had to find a route. And I think you even kept it in one County. Is it still just all Ross all, County? All in Ross County. That was by design, but we started to look at uh, these eight different high schools in the area. And, and maybe there was a way to, to use them to start connecting some of the areas. So, uh, checkpoint five, which is one of our major transition zones at Dina High School. That's the first school you'll go to. Uh, checkpoint 11 is Zane Trace High School. And then another one of our major transition zones is checkpoint 20 down at Southeastern High School. So those are all kind of going around the county. Uh, we're taking a lot of backcountry roads to try to keep our runners safe. If you've never been to Chillicothe, too, you got to understand the topography. You got to understand that we are on the edge of where the glacier stopped. So in the southeast of the county, it's very hilly, a lot of terrain where the where the where the foothills of the Appalachia is, and then to the west of the county and northwest of the county, you start getting things a lot flatter, and and uh, so there's some folks that have some good little downhill, just easy runs that are flat and. Then there's some folks that's got some hills. <laughs> if you're runner three, that's the mountain goat leg, I say, because there's not a single <laughs> three, 13, and 23 are all got hills in them. What's what's the one after, uh, and I, I'm sorry, I don't know the legs, but after Open Door, up, uh, what's that? That's there? 26. Yeah. 26, Cindy's so Revenge. Leg 26, we'll talk a lot about it and talk about Cindy's Revenge, but I remember, like, it was the second year or third year before I ever even was out there. And they was like, you ever been on that leg? I'm like, no, I haven't. He's like, it goes up and up. And we go out there in a vehicle, and I'm sweating in the car by the time we get to the top. Because he's like, it goes up. And I'm like, oh, it's leveled off. This is it. No, it goes up again. And it levels. And then it goes up again. <laughs> and it goes up again. I don't want to go too much into it because it's more about the story of the race right now. But, uh, yeah, the first time I came in as a runner... They said, oh, you're runner six. I mean, I had 26. I'd never ran it before. And I could hear, like, the whispers behind me, like, oh, he's running, like, 26. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I think, you know, when we designed the course, we wanted to build a really hilly track that was going to be challenging because we felt like that if we built something that really challenged the runner's, you know, heart, mind, soul, and body, it would be something they'd want to come back to and participate in year after year. I mean, nobody brags about, the flattest 5k you ever ran but if you come and you run in a 24-hour event over a two-day period and you get your butt handed to you that really feels good as a runner like you leave that event knowing that you earned that race medal you you earn the shirt you did and, and better yet you did it with nine other people who are now very close friends and companions <laughs> and not only that, but we get more into the cause. I mean, the first time I ran it, I had no idea that it was for Drugs Free Clubs of America. So you accomplish this great thing, and then you helped your community at the same time. Or if you're coming into this community, then you, you helped it out. But did any of the kids ever, like, do you use those or volunteers or any of the kids ever decide to help out with the race? You got any? The kids are the ones who hand out the race medals at the end of the race. And and I got a fantastic story we'll tell later on another episode. We'll have Sarah Hayes come in. Oh, because Sarah's going to be a guest. Sarah Sarah, was- Sarah's actually now on our Buck 50 board, which is really exciting to have a, a member who is, you know, graduated through the program, but 
Uh, Sarah and I shared a, one of my favorite Buck 50 moments at the finish line in 2018, uh, something I'll never forget. We'll talk about that. But the kids run, a lot of the kids work at the checkpoints. I know my kids have worked checkpoints at some of the schools and things too. So it's a, it's an all-in event when we run the race in the community. And that's one thing I like about the race and the legs and stuff too. We'll get into whether you're an experienced runner who's runs that 630 pace or you're somebody like me went out and golly, I haven't, I haven't ran since high school and I wanted to go out and do this. You can, because there's a leg for everybody and there's a place on the team for everybody too. Yeah. We got all runners from different walks of life and really the event, you know, we got the freaks, Corey Colberton, Colbertson, the only, the only four time buck 50 champion. He's won every year, been a part of that team. You know, we got people who are here to compete, and they're here to place in the top three in whatever category. But really, the race is more about challenging yourself, running for a good cause like these kids, and being a part of a team. I mean, running traditionally is an individual sport. And we brought that to a team concept, which really just makes it so much more enjoyable to participate with other people. And that's why there's so many stories that we're going to tell throughout this podcast. And and this is just a barely a start of what we have to go. So... As we, we, we invite you to tune in, we invite you to subscribe to the channel and listen uh, for more information. Did you, what's your email address you're going to use, Dave? Just use Dave at the buck50.com. Yeah, and we want your questions too, because we want to do some Q&A along the way. The, 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 the normal, this is a little different episode, episode one, episode two, probably a little different, but we'll get into the regular routines of talking about legs and talking about sponsors and talking about stories and, and those will be, you know, but. Right now, we want you to dig in. We want you to subscribe. We've told you about some exciting things, but you're going to see a lot of stories come out of this. You've been listening to Running Off the Mouth, the Book 50 podcast with your hosts, Chris Scott and Dave Huggins. Produced by Chris Smith, live and in color at the Great Seal Publication Studios, downtown Chillicothe. If you've got any questions, comments, concerns, or something you'd like to hear us talk about on Running Off the Mouth, email us at raceinfo at thebuck50.com. In our love with you. Oh, sorry. <sighs> Book 50 Podcast.